Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, late on Thursday, October 1st. Hope everybody remembered to wake up Green Day today. Um, now that September has ended. Oh, God. <laughs> that joke. Uh, <laughs> Dear God. Boo. Yeah, boo, boo that joke. That's fine. Uh, Alright, so obviously joining me tonight from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, Phil? Uh, I've had better weeks as a Seawolf owner in 2020, but I, personally, I'm doing okay. All right, we'll get there. Um, Shane, how are you? Great to be here, Matt. I'm doing well. That's good. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> tea bag. We are who we thought we were. Yeah. Um, just pathetic, pathetic showing last week. We're, we're kind of embarrassed to, to still be in the league, but excited to be on the pod. That's good. I'm happy you're happy you're here. Happy uh, happy you're able to join us despite uh, what you think about your team. All right, uh, we got a lot to cover and uh, not as much time as probably we need to cover everything. So let's get right into trivia. Yeah, well, just a nice easy one here. We'll get so we can just get into the get into the meat of the podcast. But watching Frank Gore play football, always like to have him involved somehow in the trivia question he's he's not actually involved in this but he's not on this list because i'm looking for there are 13 players who would qualify as an rb1 so far this year because there's a tie for the 12th spot can you guys name the rb1s in our fantasy league this year so far Uh, are you sure you're saying rb1s and it's not an answer that's going to contain calvin ridley (laughs) <laughs> it is not going to contain Calvert. All right. Uh, how about Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones is RB2. Alvin Kamara is RB1. Um, how about uh, we get a little Henry action in there? Derek Henry is RB9. Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook is RB3. Um, hmm. I feel like McKinnon is right on the border. Phil loses again. McKinnon is <laughs> RB17. Damn it. Well, I guess it caused technically I guess to get one here, but there's nine other really good burning backs that you could have named. So I'll say Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is RB6. All right, how about Kareem Hunt? Phil loses again. <laughs> Kareem Hunt is RB14. Man. All right. Um, I think you could lose twice. <laughs> I think Clyde Edwards Elaire is on this list. Clyde Edwards Elaire is one of the running backs tied for the 12th spot. So, yes. Give me some uh, Josh Jacobs action. Josh Jacobs is number seven. Hmm. Um, I think even missing week three, I think Christian McCaffrey's on this list. That was kind of the reasoning for the question. Christian McCaffrey is still RB10. <laughs> That's how good this man is. <laughs> He basically misses, misses a full week and 
I believe he missed more like a drive or two on the last together game. Yeah, he missed most of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And still RB10. Still just a ridiculous. Um, let's go Mozart. <sighs> Mozart is... RB18. Uh, Zeke. Zeke is RB four. I, I I've lost and embarrassed myself. <laughs> uh, Chris Carson's on this list. Chris Carson is RB eleven. Cause is just nailing names here. I think Jonathan Taylor's on this list. Jonathan Taylor's not. No, uh, he's not there yet. <laughs> but by the end of the year, he will be <laughs> will be top ten. Ah, man. Oh, there's a, a name that we're leaving off. He uh, got himself in the limelight last week. That would be James sure Robinson. Did. That is correct. He is RB5. Who is that? James Robinson. So we have one left, correct? He'll steal for the curtain. We have two left. Two. RB8, and then the other running back tied for 12th. Um, just to be clear, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback in this question, correct? <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. Okay. Right. Um, let's, let's go Eckler. Austin Eckler's number eight. After the big week last week. Um, I think David Johnson might be on this list. I don't think so. David Johnson is number 20. Oh, wow. All right, I'm out then. Phil, you have one more guess? Hmm. Uh. You sure you don't have one more guess, Phil? Um, I feel like you're baiting me with James Conner. Yeah, it's James, James Conner. James Conner is number is tied for twelve. The Seawolves with three RB ones in that in that starting lineup. Just just a deadly deadly team. Yep, all healthy and ready to go. <laughs> uh, all right, that was good. That's a good question. Um, thank you. All right, so let's talk waivers. It wasn't really a big waiver week. Um, we saw Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer get picked up by Papa Cause to replace uh, James, uh, not James Conner, uh, Chris Carson, whose status for this week is in doubt. Um, I added Adrian Peterson. I don't think there were any other big names um, or big dollars spent. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about in terms of waivers? I don't think there was anything that exciting. Um, Papa Cos basically did what he had to. I think the only thing I, I want to say, I don't know, it's not funny, but I think the $2 for Homer is probably going to pay off more than the $42 for Hyde. <laughs> um, I think I would rather have Homer than Hyde. I, I just don't know that there's much left in the tank for Hyde. Um, 
I think Homer will be their pivot if Carson can't go. So he has both of them, so what does it matter? Um, but I think I think Homer will be that guy. I would agree with you. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Hyatt I think is still questionable for this week, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It becomes sure, a lot easier of a start if Hyatt doesn't go, but if Hyatt does go and he's at least limited, that's going to be tough to figure out who you want in there. Uh, you probably go with Hyde. Um, no, I mean, the only other thing noteworthy I thought was was Peterson um, and what he's doing in Detroit, just dominating all his carries. Um, and he, he he looks half decent. We'll, we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks. Uh, it's not a move you're overly excited about, but you can't argue with the touches and percentages he's getting in there. Yeah, uh, I, agree. I agree. Go ahead, Kyle. No, I just felt like he was a must-add because of the amount of carries that he's getting. That was the only reason I really went there. I'm not necessarily excited about playing Adrian Peterson in 2020. I um, would have been much more excited playing him maybe the first year this league was in, in existence. But uh, we're here now, so this is where we have to be as the Desert Dogs. <laughs> <right now. laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, I thought it was a sneaky good ad by uh, the amusement <laughs> park. Um, Greg Ward. Um, with uh, Dallas Goddard out, I, I don't know. I watched that game last week. I know we, the Eagles are a dumpster fire and they're bad, but um, I felt like he got targeted like 20 times. <laughs> like, Wentz is not a good quarterback, but, I mean, he just seems to be that that was the guy. He's he just looking at him nonstop. So um, I felt like that could be a sneaky good flex play. I'm not ready to give up on Wentz yet. I, I, I just think their offensive line is terrible. Their receivers are terrible. Um, until they can get that stuff sorted out, I'm not ready to say that he's not going to be a, at least above average NFL quarterback. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still in on him. He's just been really bad so far. Yeah, he has. This year. I, think, yep. I think Greg Ward is the only healthy Eagles wide receiver coming into this week. So, yeah, that's a good ad. I thought you were going to say that the – the sneaky ad was adding Joe Burrow, who's been um, outstanding in terms of fantasy value as a rookie quarterback. Yep. Um, but yeah, sure is making some moves, and I think he needs to. So that was uh, actually you just reminded me. Joe Burrow is actually a QB one right so far this year, um, and someone we talked about in trivia, Lamar Jackson, is not a QB one so far through the so. Take that for what it's worth. Yes, that is true. Um, all right, let's get into the big the big news of the week. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a small outbreak in Tennessee. Um, I think there's 11 total players and personnel that have now tested positive for COVID. Um, so the NFL has chosen to rework the schedule and give the Steelers and Titans bye weeks this week in week four. And we'll probably be some schedule maneuvering in week seven and week eight to make this work. Steelers and Titans likely to play in week seven now. And the Ravens will move their bye week from week eight to week seven. Um, so that they can then play the Steelers in week eight. So um, I'm going to be probably on an island on this podcast and saying that I feel like the NFL handled this as best as they could. So... Um, that's my stance and I will open up the floor for comments and 
whatever you guys want to talk about. Go ahead, Phil. Um, I mean, I think I think the NFL is fine. They they made the decision to not go the bubble route, um, and they're doing a whole bunch of stuff in the facilities that you know contact tracing and and, and things like that to minimize risks and spreads. But this was always going to be inevitable, and I'd like to say this is going to be the last one of the year, but it, it, it probably won't be. And just the logistics of everything, people being at home with their families, kids being in school, you know, you hear about some players homeschooling their kids to make sure that they're not going to school and getting it and then coming back and infecting the team. Uh, it just so happens that it really affects my team this week. And I think my big disagreement comes with how the fantasy leagues are handling it and that I don't think you should need a positive COVID test to be placed on the COVID IR list. And, and, and my reason being like, okay, this is an unexpected buy for three of my starters. Um, that's fine. If, if everything was to go off rest of year without a hitch, okay, understood my bye week moves. I get disadvantaged this week, but it is what it is. Uh, I just don't think that'll be the end of it, and I think we're going to see this happen in other games and other matchups and when there are other bye weeks, and we're going to have teams that are struggling to fill out their roster and might have to end up dropping some good players. Uh, and I, <clears throat> It's not a situation where now it's a, it's a hypothetical of what could happen, but by not allowing managers to put the players that are missing games because of COVID without a test on those IR spots. It's just going to create a mess later. It's a potential nightmare scenario. It might not happen, but it, it, I think it just creates a lot of problems later on down the road that I hope these leagues and, and the websites stay consistent on. And we don't have a huge outbreak in week eight where three or four games are canceled and they say, well, now we have we have to let players on those spots because people can't fill rosters. Like that's that's not fair to anybody that's been impacted up until that point. Is is I just want consistency from the leagues, and if this is the way we're going to go, fine, we'll we'll figure it out. It's not a huge deal, but I I, I don't I don't want this to change later. Yeah, I I, I think the NFL is doing a great job, like you said, because I. I have no problem with what they're doing. They're, they're obviously doing the best they can, and I think that's an easy. This is an easy fix for this one situation. But like you said, I highly, highly doubt that this is going to be the last team that gets affected by this. Um, it just seems impossible to go through the entire season without someone else, without without a bubble format. Just it just seems impossible. So, I mean, like Phil said, I, I think it's frustrating. I guess because from the website that we use standpoint that we can't just put players on they can't allow us to add IR spots for this situation and be able to put those players on an IR spot um, I don't know I, I just feel like if you get your bye week moved unexpectedly like that for a situation like this um, I, I just feel like players that are affected from the Steelers and Titans should be able to be slotted on IR and you should be able to, to pick to pick up someone to fill their spot on. So Shane, let me run this by you here. All right. So um 
the Titans and Steelers are on by this week, and that's why they're not being given the O or slash IR to be able to move, move to those spots. Yeah. So now they they now have 16 games, and if Phil wanted to replace those players, he would have to drop other players on his roster to pick up and play this week. So how is that fair to the rest of the league, knowing then that Phil was able to put players here on their bye week in their IR spot, and now he doesn't have to make any of those decisions the rest of the year when you – I mean, he just has three players on bye this week. Like, he would he would have – then 16 weeks of not having to navigate buys with those these three players because we were allowed to put them on IR during their bye week. Yeah, you make a great point. I'm, I think it's just, I mean, it's an ideal, not an ideal situation. Obviously, Phil gets affected the most because he has the best players in the game pretty much for the game that's affected. I just think, I just don't understand why, how we're, have, we have COVID IR spots, but look, we're not allowed to use them when teams are affected by COVID. Because the, cause <laughs> the, the Titans, the Titans are the problem here. The Titans failed the system. The Falcons had a positive test last week. Uh, Terrell, they removed him from the team, and unfortunately, he's a defensive player, so we don't get to reap the rewards of you know that player being able to move to IR. But what the Titans did was. They had a coach test positive Saturday morning, and they didn't remove him from interacting with the team. So that's why we're not able to use this this spot, I guess, or why we're in this situation, because they allowed people to interact with this coach and still play a game on Sunday, knowing full well that they had a coach on their team that tested positive. So so that's a, that's a breakdown in the Titans organization. Yes. But all Steeler player owners are affected. Like, that that doesn't seem right to me. What The advantage you're talking about, Cause of, okay, you have an unexpected bye week now, and you add two players from the waiver wire for that week, and as soon as the Steelers start playing again, you have to drop them. To me, that is not a material enough advantage to not protect the downside of a week five, week six, week seven outbreak that affects multiple teams. Well, what, what if this happens? What if you're able to put... And I, these are going to be bad examples because I think these players are taken. But say you put Derrick Henry on your IR and you put James Conner on your IR and you use those two spots to pick up um, Tony Pollard, who I know is on the team, but I'm just saying you pick up Tony Pollard and you pick up uh, another backup running back. And those two starting running backs then go down this week. And now you were able to get two starting running backs because you were able to put the guys on bye weeks in IR. That's the disadvantage. I, I, I mean, if I was crazy enough to start two handcuffs... No, you wouldn't start them. No, you, you're going to... You're not picking these guys up to start. You're picking these guys up to, to fill your roster. Because obviously, okay. if you put two guys on IR, you're replacing them with players. Right. But I mean, the intent would be to use these players to start for that week. If, if Again... The material advantage of what you're saying just isn't like I I, I don't really see much benefit in it. Um, is that a, a situation that could play out? Sure, but we could also be dealing with half-filled rosters in week six and seven if there's a widespread outbreak that the league, not the league, the the fantasy leagues just aren't even thinking about. And if the Steelers get now, if the Steelers get an infection. Okay, now I, I, I lose another week 
uh, of these guys, and, and who knows what happens with the scheduling. So it's just this is a season where you need to try and protect the core rosters of these teams as much as you possibly can and just get through it, and hopefully everything turns around next year. Is there potential to game the system or something like that? Sure, but it also helps maintain some level of fair play throughout the rest of the season, and you're not freaking out every time you hear about a positive COVID test. I guess, I mean, we, we, I don't know if say lucky, but, like, we're kind of, obviously for Phil, it, Phil's team it sucks, but, like, we're it's lucky for him because his team is clearly right now the best team in the league, so he can withstand this. <laughs> um, if it was three players from my team, like, I would be, I'd be looking to pick up starters from the waiver wire. Yes. Like, I mean, I know, I, I understand the advantage, like, you would be, I, I understand that advantage, you, you made a good point there, but, I mean, like, for Phil, he has enough good players on his team right now to to still put a, a pretty solid lineup out there. I mean, if I lost three players that were my starters, like shit, I, I would be looking at putting up fifty points. So, so like, you're saying that when you draft, you look at bye weeks? Yeah, you do. I do. I do. I don't look at it heavily, but I, I mean, I do. Like, if you could get three really good players that all had the same bye week, you wouldn't do it because of the bye week, like. I mean, I've had games last year where I had four guys on by. Like, and I knew that yeah. coming into, but like, I wanted it's, to acquire it's, the best it's players. It's a completely different situation because those are all planned out in advance, and you can adjust your roster accordingly weeks in advance. That doesn't like, mean I'm going to have good players that I can pick up, up to replace those four. Like, I, if I had to pick up Adrian Peterson this week to replace my starting two starting running backs, I wouldn't be thrilled about that either. I'm not sure Adrian Peterson's a better play than Josh Kelly, the guy you're replacing your guys with this week. Like, I, I'm on a completely different side of this from you guys, and I guess that's that's to be expected, just because that's <laughs> typically how this goes. But, um, and and maybe your opinion will change when if if and when you have three starters that go out in a single week. That, and that's you're the scrambling thing. To fill what, the what happens? What happens when you hit? One of the all right. So you, you're saying you're not looking at buys, and you you have four good players, and they're all on the same bye week, and then COVID hits for three of your other players. Cause now you have seven players are out. Your 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 team's done. You're, you you might as well just quit. <laughs> well, now you're either paying a draft fine of five dollars, or you're dropping some really good players out on the wire. Yes. I, I mean, and you, don't, yeah. you, you and you don't see a problem with that. I, I don't know how to avoid it. This is what yeah, this was, is what we signed up for coming that. into this season. I know. I'm I'm glad you said that because that, that was actually a point I was going to bring up on the pod. Is I mean, I was thinking today one of the only solutions I could come up with is we almost have to kind of drop the five dollar draft fine for this year. Like I feel like that's kind of a solu- I don't know if it's a solution, but we kind of I feel like almost have to if that situation arises. I mean, we're going to run into that. No, I don't. I, I don't think we can. I don't. I don't think we remove it because it's not fair to the league that does do it, and, and, and it's not fair to the owners that fill their rosters every week. Yeah, it, it sucks. But if this is the line that we're gonna put out there and say, "Hey, this is the policy," then it is what it is, and you have to know if something unexpected happens to your team, 
you very may well have to drop a RB2 or a wide receiver two to not have a, a draft fight next season. Yeah. I, I just, I'm looking at your team right now, Phil, and if you really, like, if, if this was a normal week where you had three guys on by, I think you'd be willing to part with Anthony Miller to replace and fill one of those spots. Like, um, I, I would even... I just think that there's always a player that is able to be dropped. You can talk yourself into that to replace a buy. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, because I think, I mean, obviously it's it would be a pretty drastic situation, but, I mean, the, the way it's looking is it's very, it's likely that it could happen. Is is like what happens when you have, already have the bye weeks. Like right now we're lucky because, the bye weeks haven't started, and it's only one team. So, like, what happens when the bye weeks start, and you actually do have two players out, and then you get hit with two or three more of your players got to got to be out? I mean, like, when you start having, it's very rare for you to have four or five players on bye in the same week. Like, that's very rare. That's something that you can plan ahead for. But like when that situation arises, where I well, I wasn't expecting to have five people out this week. Now I I'm just handcuffed. But doesn't this happen in some way, shape, or form to every team that drafts a stud quarterback and doesn't just recycle quarterbacks every week? I mean, you have to replace that quarterback that week, and you have to find a player on your roster who you're willing to drop to pick up a a second tier quarterback because you can't drop the good player. Like I. But I, I don't. I don't think we're getting anywhere. Like that's just like what you're talking about. Bye weeks happening in the same. Like all that stuff. Planning a quarterback. Planning a quarterback's buy in advance. That's all just on a completely different planet than where we are in this. Like just completely unexpected. All right, three starters out this week. Like that. That's they're not even close to the same type of situation. <laughs> okay. My, 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 my big takeaway from this week moving forward is there's a potential for some real nightmare scenarios to take place and all of the two-for-one trades I was thinking about making, I'm probably not going to make, right? It, you need to have some depth to sort of plan for the absolute worst happening to your team. I mean, that, that, those are my big takeaways from this week. We will agree to disagree, I guess. I, I just, I don't know how ESPN could have done it any differently. If you get, if you're able to move these guys to IR and use the, their bye week as an IR spot, I just think that that, in turn, is not fair as well. So It's not a matter of fair, but you have to have some It's, it's all about of... being fair. I mean, wait, but, but I'm saying... You're talking about a very, very small advantage versus a potential huge disadvantage down the line. I, I, I mean, not not all risks are created equal. Every single team in this league is going to have a week where they can't start one of their best players or two of their best players because of a bye. It, it's just, I'm, I hope this situation doesn't happen again. But, like you said, it's likely to happen again, and I think it will be treated the same way. 
All right, let's get into the week four matchups. We'll start off with the Desert Dogs versus the Patriots. Um, Deshaun Watson and playing against the uh, poor Vikings defense. Um, this these two teams were able to escape the the COVID issue with the Vikings, even though they played the Titans last week miraculously, not having any positive tests. But I also picked up Jared Goff, uh, who has a nice matchup against the Giants this week. Who would you guys play at the quarterback position if you were me? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he's going to, in Phil's words, feast this week. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a, an absolute home game against a bad team. That's That sounds like Deshaun Watson written all over it. Yeah, I... I think you got to start Watson. The Vikings are very good. Got to start your studs. I, I I wouldn't get cute with it. Well, if Will Fuller is still hurt, I I would I think I'm going to struggle to get Watson in there. I mean, I'm just not excited about him throwing to Stills, Cooks, and whatever tight ends they have. And the only reason I'm considering golf is because from watching the Rams the last few years, when there's a team that it, they play that's really bad. McVay uses those weeks to just pump Goff up and um, I think play to his lack of confidence and his ability at the quarterback position and Goff usually ends up throwing for three or four touchdowns against these really bad teams so that's yeah. the only reason I'm considering it been, uh, been really good the last two weeks too so yeah so we'll see I, I don't know what I'm doing yet I'm leaning Watson um, just because if I drafted Deshaun Watson and I can't play him in this matchup, I don't know why he's on my team. So, um, For Papa Kaz, we talked about it a little bit. Does the Seattle backfield cause the most concern for Papa Kaz this week? but I'm still I'm still concerned with Julio I mean obviously you drafted Julio to be centerpiece of your team um, still not healthy and just just missing missing the 15 points you're getting from that guy is huge um, so I mean I'm still concerned with Julio I guess it's a toss up for me between Julio and then the, the muddled Seattle backfield he needs some clarity there because be nice against Miami to, to have just a one one back uh, in there that you know you're going to get the points from but right now it doesn't look like he's going to get that yeah I, I'm, I'm hoping for his sake that he gets some clarity before game time and Hyde either gets a, a full green or you know they, they just roll him out to make that decision easier but if he's going to be limited I I don't know. I, I feel like you got to slot one of those guys in there, and I, I'd probably end up going with Hyde um, in, in front of Russell Gage. Well, Hyde would probably be replacing Carson. Carson, yeah. No, that's what I, yeah, sorry. Um, Gage and Julio are going to be the decision coming down to Monday night if Julio's healthy, obviously. Julio, if he's not, you can slot Gage in there. Um there's still probably a move to be made yet on the Patriots. Um, Alan Lazard has some 
uh, had surgery today, so MVS will likely be picked up by somebody this week. Uh, who wins this matchup between the Desert Dogs and the Patriots? Give me... Ugh, man, that Arizona against Carolina. That's, that's ugly for you, buddy. Give me... Uh... off the flock but yeah that was a uh, that was a nice little ad to keep the game close uh, yeah. I'll take myself I think it's close though and I'm gonna probably be sweating it out all week but if I don't like I said if I can't pick myself then what am I really playing for um, clan versus flock uh, if Fegley's lucky enough to win this week this will put a very thin roster at three and one um, Leonard Fournette unlikely to play this week, and Wayne Gallman at the running back two spot, and not much else to really do. Is it imperative that if he wins this week, he goes out and makes a trade to acquire some running back talent? Yeah, uh, spoke briefly with Fegley last week. I mean, me and him are both kind of in the same boat. Our teams aren't that great this year, but he was able to sneak out the, the ugly win against me with low-scoring game. Um, he has Mahomes and Hill, which is always keeps you in the game if you have Mahomes, usually. Um, especially those two together. But yeah, I mean, he just he can't match up with the best teams in the league if, with the running back situation that he has. So, if he's going to make a run at it, if you're going to be 3-1, and one, he's going to have to try to make a move and go out and get something to help him running back-wise. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I know he's sitting there with his lottery ticket on the bench and Tony Pollard, who Cos mentioned I would pick up for an unfair advantage this week. But th- th- yeah, this is a roster that needs an RB one. I-, I don't, I don't really know how you get it at, at-, at this point of the year without moving a, a Tyreek Hill or a Boyd or a Mahomes. Uh, I-, I think it's it's too early for somebody to take on draft cash and sell out for next season, but. I'd make every attempt to do so. Yes, I think he obviously needs to acquire some running back talent, and as we'll get to later in the podcast, uh, with the game that Melvin Gordon just had, there is a natural fit here that we will talk about. Yep, yep. Um, Who should replace Chris Godwin in the lineup this week for the flock? Godwin, Godwin is unlikely to go, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. Oh, man. Can't really trust DeAndre Swift. Uh, tough, to, tough to trust anyone there um, on the bench for the flock. So, with a quick look at the waiver wire, 
Renfro's a play this week. That's that's in play. Um, I think I would just probably slide Cooks in. Um, but yeah, Renfro's in play. Renfro, Renfro, or uh, like you said earlier, MVS could be a decent play. Maybe maybe a Gronk incoming. That's potential there. Roll out the the big formation, two tight ends set. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I I'd probably go with Cooks and just slot him in, especially if Fuller doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Who wins clan versus flock? Mm, this is going to be a fairly low scoring game in my book. I'm going to go with uh, the flock. Give me the flock because I don't think Mahomes and Hill are going to feast against New England, even though they've done it plenty of times. I just don't see it this week. I'll take the flock, too. It's just hard to overcome potentially looking at less than 15 points from your your two running backs. Mad Dogs versus T-Bag to round out the Favre division for this week. My question is related to the Favre division. Looking closely at the Mad Dogs roster, should they be the favorite in the Favre division? Uh, they have a pretty decent lineup. I mean, Eckler, Adams, Hopkins, Cup, Rogers, Mike Davis. I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid start. Um, not a whole lot of... Uh, Huge talent in the uh, in the far division this year. Pretty obviously the weaker of the two. It looks like obviously better than mine. I would say better than yours at the moment. Better than the Patriots at the moment. Better than the Clan at the moment. I guess the Flock are the team in question, and I think they're better than them too. So yeah, I think they're better. Um, Antonio Gibson on the bench. He he's certainly playable. John Brown's playable. Devontae Adams, and then you have Damian Harris just waiting in the wings, not knowing what you're going to get with them. If you want to play New England running back roulette, I, I I think this is the best roster in the division. Yeah, I think this is a a good team, and it kind of snuck up on me, but I wanted to give him credit where credit I believe is due, and. You know, I don't think we really talk about Micah enough, but he, ever since he stepped into this league, he's really done nothing but but win. Uh, he's been pretty pretty consistent in terms of always being on the better side of five hundred. So I wanted to at least recognize that tonight. Sounds like someone's trying to milk him for a trade. I I think it's just the truth, but whatever narrative you'd like to spin is fine, Phil. Uh, what level of concern should we have for DJ Moore on take your ball and go home? <clears throat> Heavy concern. Heavy concern. Um, just didn't seem to be a big part of the offensive plan last week um, against what isn't a very great Chargers defense. Um yeah, very, very concerned. I mean, he had a big week in week two, but, I mean, the other two weeks, clunkers, kind of. Um, no trips to the end zone yet. Um, I'm concerned. Just just a bad team, and doesn't seem like he, he's a big part of the offense yet. 
I'm not smashing the panic button yet. Um, he's got close to 30 targets through three weeks. Last week wasn't great, but um, if you're that down on him, I'd, I'd say try and move him. But if you, if you think he's going to come back and actually start showing some more production, hold on to him, of course. Yeah, I agree with Phil. I'm not smashing the panic button on DJ Moore, but what is concerning is um, I don't think he's the number one receiver in this offense anymore. Target-wise, he may be, but uh, they definitely are designing things around Robbie Anderson, and they definitely like him. He fits in with Matt Rule, who he played for at Temple. Um, so I think there's some comfort with Robbie Anderson there, and that's enough for reason to raise some concern for DJ Moore, but uh, I wouldn't be moving off him. I am a big DJ Moore fan myself, so I have him in, I think, two other leagues. Yeah, I will say that the one thing going for Moore is, I mean, you've got a couple of matchups with Atlanta coming up. Um, <laughs> that's that's some, some get-healthy stuff right there. Um, so that's, that's an opportunity to, to grow here. Who wins Mad Dogs versus T-Bag? I believe we're all going to take the Mad Dogs. Yeah, going into tonight, I was trying to convince myself I, I had some good matchups and I had a chance here. Um, then he gets lucky with the Jerry Judy ridiculous touchdown catch. Um, that kind of hurts considering Judy's probably the, other than his tight end spot, the worst player he's going to throw out there this week. Um, so um, getting 13 from him, it, it's just, it's mad dogs and not, not relatively close. Yeah, that that catch was just ridiculous. I have no idea what that DB was doing. Um, yeah, just like ripped it away from. <laughs> that's it. It's just been that type of season for the tea bags. Give me the dogs. I wish I would have seen the touchdown. I was too busy watching the Padres hit every home run they possibly could hit against the Cardinals bullpen. Um, but I want to say Shane that saying that Jerry Judy is better than Tyler Higby is disrespectful. So, well, he has Schultz in there right now. So. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well, he needs to get Higby in. So, all right, ice cream versus Park as we move over to the Elway side. Uh, one of the teams that we've been anointing and anointed after the draft was Team Ice Cream, and I'd like to know how long we should keep giving this one and two team, who has been outscored by the Desert Dogs, a pass. I'm still in on ice cream. Still in. Um, they got the, the the formula to still be a really good team. They have the running back spots clamped down. Um, Kamara obviously is what he is. He's incredible. Um, Hilaire still still going to be really good no matter. He hasn't, the last couple of weeks haven't been great, but he, he's the number one back in the Chiefs offense. Actually, last week he, he didn't even play well. And he put up 16 points. So um, got the running back thing figured out. If he can get production from his from his wide receiver spots, um, this guy's fine. Obviously, QB is going to be the big question mark with him. Um, I'm still in on ice cream. Yeah, QB is kind of the big question mark with him. The rest of his roster is really, really good. And I think even though they haven't produced like we thought they might coming into the year, Kamara is still the number one keeper in the league, and it's not close. 
Um, Edwards Hilaire is a solid option who's only going to get better as the season goes on. And if Melvin Gordon shows any kind of life like he did tonight, I mean, this roster is going to be crazy good if he can figure out the quarterback position. Um, and that's where I might I might think about upgrading that via trade, which I know has historically not really happened that much in the league, but I, it's something I'd consider. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to come down to quarterback for him. Um, the best teams in the league and the best teams in the past years of this league have dominated the quarterback position just about every week, and... Uh, he's really going to need Danny Dimes to pick it up or, like Phil said, make a move. And um, he definitely has the depth to do so if he chooses to. Um, but it's increasingly more difficult to hit those big games um, from waiver wire quarterbacks. So it, it would be nice if he could lock that position down for himself and really really have a stud there like, like a Russell Wilson or a Mahomes or someone like that. Obviously, those guys aren't being traded, but... Uh, definitely want to take a look at that position if you're Spears. Here's the natural fit for Fegley. Uh, Schur's up against it, looking like he's staring 0-4 directly in the face. Uh, Joe Mixon, Lev Bell, David Johnson all likely would be available. Um, if Schur ends up selling as soon as this week, rank those three players in terms of who you'd like to trade for for the rest of the season. I think it's Mixon, Johnson, Bell. Yeah, I I think it's Mixon one, not close, you know, big gap, and then it's Johnson and Bell. I don't want any any piece of that Jets offense. Yeah, I I could see Le'Veon Bell just retiring from football. Um, That guy got his money. Um, Jez's offense is just pathetic and want no parts of him David Johnson seems to be a good fit so far doing well um, getting in the end zone um, he's been okay but still not too excited about just his ability to be anything more than a bottom tier RB2 I guess the rest of the way the uh, the case for Lev Bell is that hopefully the Jets fire Adam Gase tonight um, and bring in a real coach and Lev's coming back next week and maybe they can find a way to make this work. I still think he's third in this list. Um, David Johnson has surprised me in how well he's looked and that Texans schedule is only going to start to get softer after the last the first three matchups that they had. So... If Johnson can stay healthy, I would not be surprised at all if he finishes as a running back one this year, um, which I would not have said three weeks ago. And then uh, Mixon, the Bengals just throw the ball so much, and they have a pretty deep receiver receiving core. So that's my only worry about Mixon, but I think I agree with you guys. It's Mixon, Johnson, Bell, rest of the season. Who wins? Yeah, I'm- oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm still in on Mixon. I, I think eventually, <laughs> I, I would think anyway, who knows? Um, eventually, they they can't just keep having Burrow throw the ball as much as he has. Eventually, they got to get Mixon involved in the offense a little more than they have. And I, I think that's going to come here, uh, here shortly. 
I mean, he, he's still getting the carries. He's just not producing. It, it's a very similar story to what happened last year at the beginning of the year. Mixon didn't do anything for the first eight weeks. And then as soon as he moved on to a different team, he he was amazing down the stretch. Um, but he's getting 19 carries, 16 carries, 17 carries, one catch, four catches, two catches. He's involved. He, he, they're just not they're not producing in the ground game. He was much yeah, more involved in the pass game last year. I think that's that's what you're missing right now from Mixon is those those extra points from from catching passes at the end of the year when it was really just him and Tyler Boyd and everyone else in the Bengals was was hurt or worthless. Yeah, unfortunately for him, it, it looks like the schedule opens up for him at the end of the year. So I mean, he's a guy that you kind of got to sit through the pains and then. He gets the Washington Giants, Dolphins, Cowboys in weeks 11 through 14. So, I mean, those are some opportunities to put some points on the board. All right, we got to keep moving, though. So, who wins uh, ice cream versus park? I'll take ice cream. Yeah, ice cream. It's not close. Ice cream. All right. Wolves versus franchise. Uh, OBJ over under 15 points this week against a pretty weak Dallas pass defense. Basically asking you, will Odell Beckham score a touchdown this week? <laughs> 15 points was the line? Yes. Um, yes, he will. No, he won't. I agree with Phil. I don't think he will. I think uh, this is a sneaky beatdown game where Dallas just really beats the shit out of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Um, same game if Kareem Hunt can't go for the franchise which it's looking like he won't be able to they elevated a another running back from the practice squad earlier this week uh, what should Ty do on his roster uh, not really feeling good about throwing Deion Lewis out there I, I know that no can't really throw rugs out there. Well, no, he needs a running back. I mean, Sonny Michelle, I guess. Oof. He's hurt. I think he's going to have to go with uh, Corderell Patterson. <laughs> Which is awful. Awful, but he should get some running back snaps this week. Take the zero, right. so. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I think you have to put Dion Lewis in there, and nobody's excited about it. But you don't feel great. I I, I just think he's the best option. All right, uh, who wins Wolves versus franchise? I'll take the Wolves to go to four now. Yeah, I will take the the Wolves. I'm going to take the franchise. Um, Beckham questionable, Chark questionable. If those guys can't go, I'm in pretty deep shit. <laughs> and I, I think Lamar Jackson is just going to feast on that yep. weak defensive line of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> Uh, 
they may. I mean, that could be a that could be another just beat down game because, as Shane mentioned, Washington loves to make their defense start on their own side of the field. So. Yeah, that, that's gonna be the game. If he can keep Jackson under thirty five, I think that's a win for you, Phil. But in the same token, Russell Wilson's on your team, so. Against Miami. Uh, Weevils versus Curtin, game of the week. Curtin, I think, is the second highest scoring team in the league. They've been outstanding, led by uh, Josh Allen. Um, third. One of those, third, okay. One of those uh, quarterback seasons that is remarkable to start. Let's start talking about the Weevils, though. Where are you guys at with A.J. Green? Because I'm about done with that dude. We just had a discussion about this a little bit earlier tonight. Someone else asking for some AJ Green advice, and in a not so subtle way, we almost basically just said you should cut him. <laughs> um, I'm out. I'm done. He's not on my radar anymore. Tyler Boyd's offense now, and they're like we saw the young guy Higgins come last week. So it's going to start being those two from now on. He's a he's a bench stash for me until he he can flash something. Uh, he just doesn't look like the same type of player. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but I'm not ready to cut bait on him, especially with how Burrow's playing. Basically, said that he's gonna. There's gonna be two weeks this year. It might actually be this week against a bad Jacksonville team, um, where Green's gonna put up 25 points and you're gonna say, "Oh, he's back." But for me, um, no, thank you. Almost had a touchdown in week one. Um, I believe it was called back for some form of penalty in the end of the week one matchup. That may change the way we feel in terms of numbers, but you, the tape doesn't really lie. You can't get any separation anymore, and there's just better players on the field. Um, still, I'm curious to know how healthy he really is because I just don't really see players of his caliber just lose it all of a sudden but I guess he's been banged up long enough that maybe maybe it's all but possible so I, I'm out on green I'm with you guys on that but I don't necessarily know that he's droppable because who are you replacing him with like Phil said um, yeah he he also he, he didn't go to most of camp if, he might have missed all of camp I don't remember um, so he never really had to establish anything with Burrow um, so I I'm, I wouldn't be ready to cut bait on him, especially considering what's out there. All right, Steel Curtain. Josh Allen scored over 33 points every week so far. Gets a pretty good matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. Can he keep that streak alive this week? Over 33? Yep. Uh, no, he's under that this week. He, he gets it that week. I, I think he's going to be right at like that 36, 37 number. I like it. Yeah. It's just there's no part of the offense that doesn't run through him. He's their goal line uh, running back. He's obviously throwing to Stephon Diggs. Um, he just accounts for so much of their offense. It's hard to keep him under that 33-point mark. I will also say over on Josh Allen this week. Who do you guys have winning our game of the week? The Bull Weevils versus the Steel Curtain. Uh, 
give me the steel curtain. Yeah, give me the curtain. I'll take the curtain too. They won the uh, they won the matchup tonight of Crowder versus Fant. Uh, Kittle comes back for the Weevils this week, but it's unclear what his role will be. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be pushing him so much. Um, should be a pretty good matchup against the Eagles, though, for him. Um, but I think that the curtain sneakily has has some guys and uh, kind of, like I said, snuck up on us. So I'll take the curtain. There are some health concerns there as well. As I mentioned, Lazard is out indefinitely with some core muscle surgery and uh, I don't think Michael Thomas has been declared in or out yet for this week. So um, I think if Michael Thomas is unable to go, that may swing this game. But right now you have to take the curtain with what's out there. All right, we got three minutes. Anything else you guys want to chat about before we sign off for the evening? I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention, we talked a little bit about it, is the quarterback scoring and how some of these teams are buoyed by uh, the quarterback play. And we, we talked a little bit during a golf outing that myself, Shane, and Cher were out on Monday, um, potentially looking at the six-point passing touchdown and maybe going to five. Uh, I think we all agree that we like it where the top quarterbacks do score more, and it hasn't really changed the value of them in the draft. But um, just something, again, to consider at the end of this year. Are we, are we happy with quarterbacks putting up 35, 40 points a week um, and really having that be a matchup decider for a position that none of us truly value on draft day? So just something to think about. Yeah, it's we talked about it briefly there. Um, it's real interesting. I mean, we, we still don't value the quarterback spot. I mean, shit, Russell Wilson went for $4, I believe, and he is putting up 40 points a week. <laughs> um, basically, anyone who would have drafted Russell Wilson would pretty much be 3-0 and right now. So it, it's uh, I don't know what it takes to, to get us to value that spot. I don't know if there is a way other than obviously having a two quarterback league. It's, it's, I, I don't know what the answer is. It's, it's, I don't know what to say. Well, I, I mean, I've always been to school of thought that I value the quarterback position and I'm willing to spend money on it. I, I, I've always done that going back to year one of the draft and drafting Andrew Luck for $33. Um, got Deshaun Watson last year because I thought he was going to be the best quarterback in fantasy last year outside of Mahomes. Um, and I got Russell Wilson uh, uh, happily at, at, at $4 this year. Um, I understand what, what the argument is for it sort of swings a matchup one way or the other, but at the same time, we have to adjust to that. It's, it's a six-point touchdown league. If people don't want to pay for quarterbacks, that's fine. But with the prices that they're at, I don't, I don't, I don't know why other people aren't jumping on um, more of these quarterbacks on, on, on draft day. I agree. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if moving it to five is really 
something that's going to move the needle on it or, or, or balance it out anymore. I, I think at the time we were trying to say, hey, quarterbacks have to be valued more, but people just didn't really didn't really care when we made the move from four to six. Uh, I think it's fine as is, and we'll see more quarterbacks kept next year.